Hello and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And I'm Kevin. And on this podcast, we are going to be covering Whiskey Lullaby. This is season two, episode number six. Written by Caitlin D. Fryers, directed by April Mullen, and this one aired July 14th, 2017. Yes, and for all of the new listeners, we love you for being here. But keep in mind, anything and everything from the series is fair game on this podcast. So we may spoil you about things if you're still watching for the first time and haven't gotten past this episode. (laughs) This is true. Very, very true. And And um, this could be an emotional one. I was just going to say, we were told on the internet, on on the Twitter, maybe we should (laughs) say, get your tissues handy. We don't, we don't, no promises. (laughs) I mean... When, when, the, when the two of us within like, what was it, like five to seven minutes of each other were sharing screen grabs and comments of quotes because we're both watching the same closing scene around the same time and talking about how emotional it is. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. And I try so hard not to because I'm like, save it for the pod, save it for the pod, <laughs> you know, but yes. I'm just like, I'm down, you know, I'm, I'm doing good throughout the episode. I'm pretty like, I'm usually pretty solid. And then I, I get to that final scene and it's been a bit since I watched it. And I'm just like, I think I rewound that scene like four times. And it's just like, it's just so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, you know, several very important Herb sister scenes earlier. And then boom, that one at the end is like, oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, goodness gracious. And especially in light two, I think now. And we'll get into the details of having gone through the end of season four and all that's there and now coming back to this and seeing them in context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but we, we start off in a dark alley, right? Um, <laughs> Dolls is, is meeting Moody under the cover of night and, and Doc is there as his backup. And Moody makes some comment about Dolls not covering his ass. Doug says, don't talk about my partner's ass. <laughs> but that was cute. Yeah. And um, Dahl says, we're on the same team now, right? So I thought that was like an interesting way to start the episode, considering where everything kind of goes um, for the rest of the episode. It's just hearing that uh, Dolls is saying that he and Doc are on the same team. Yes. And you know, what's also interesting too, in this scene and, and even more so maybe on this watch, like we talk from time to time, sometimes lines just really hit you, um, was a couple of Moody's comments, which are almost offhanded, you know, making the mention about, uh, when you broke you out, you weren't the only thing that got out, mm-hmm. um, talking about the widows and, and also when they're saying, wait a minute, you know, BB key, it's a government organization. You can't just disappear. And he's like, what? No, was never was never never was a government organization. Like what? Say what? Yeah, yeah. He's he's like yeah. They just disappear and um yeah, and it never was. And I was just like, gosh, this is so. Yeah, I'm like oh my goodness. And we so never what does that really. Mean? Yeah, and we never really. I mean, we did get some, you know, glimpses, especially in season four, of just how messed up BBD is. Um. But yeah, there's just so many unanswered questions with that whole situation still. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just funny this time how that one just kind of really caught my ear. And like you said, by the end of season four, we don't really address a lot of it. But at the time, it was kind of like, what? Yeah. And how he also, um, 
you know, because Dolls wanted the answers. He's like, why, why has BBD cleared out? And Moody says that, you know, they've all been cut loose and that the powers that be do not want to continue fighting a war that they cannot win. So I thought it's just so interesting. And we kind of see that in season four, too, where it's like, nope, let's like, you know, shit has hit the fan. Let's just get out of here. Let's uh, take our uh, what do they even call it in season four? Not their assets, but um you know how they start rounding everybody up and deciding who they're going to take out with them. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I guess you kind of see it if you look at it from the season one, you know, prism of things, everything was kind of contained in the, in the ghost river triangle. It was a shot at containing it. And then once everything with Willow and things opened up and things are going back and forth. And then it's like, especially if they don't have the resources, it's like, yeah, it's just too big. They don't have the mm-hmm. skills or manpower probably to be able to, do it so i guess it makes sense it's just quite a shocking shift uh you know in the in the context of the show here early in season two when you're taking your what looked like a big part of what they might be dealing with for years and just saying yep sorry closed up see ya yeah and just what kind of i remember wondering like where where is that going to leave everything yeah where where do we go from here um and then we have such a cute scene with Winona and Waverly coming out of the barn and it's just I mean so sisterly so sisterly you had to have loved this this scene where of course Waverly's coming out with her box of stolen metal objects from her art installation and it's all just like awkward because Waverly wants to talk about the pregnancy and Winona clearly does not want to talk about this subject at all and uh she kind of lightheartedly does, you know, her Winona thing where she tries to say, change the subject and, and joke about like, Hey, remember when you touched the goo? <laughs> Waverly's like, you're, you're pregnant. We have to talk about this. And she, Winona is just so uncomfortable, even with the pregnant word. She's like making, she's like a child right now. She's making gagging sounds and saying like, Oh, do you have to use this word? Um, and she says, she's not ready to talk about the juicy details. And Waverly's like, Oh, I am so fine with leaving out the juice. <laughs> Yeah, that gif of Winona saying, nope, 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 is a good one. You'll have to see that one go around. <laughs> yeah. Just not going there. It just, uh, it's just so fun. You know, then Winona's like, feel free to ask questions. And then she's like, I mean, one question. You can you have know. one question. <laughs> <laughs> but Waverly's, you know, she's so supportive, but also not really wanting to let Winona off the hook. And she's like, you know, nope's not a viable plan. And then Winona just kind of spells it out for her. And she's like, listen, my one boss, what does she say? Uh, just got her head blown off. My other one is possibly a tiny, super sexy dragon or a lizard. And still there are always the demons. And I just mm-hmm. can't deal with this right now. And she pleads with her. She's like, just please. And you can immediately see Waverly shift in her tone. And it's like, okay, okay. And this kind of reminds me of the scene towards the end of season four when, you know, Waverly and Nicole basically did the intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause here it's like, you could see Waverly kind of ratcheting up. Like, I'm not letting you off the hook. We're going to talk about this, but here she kind of like, okay, okay. I'll give you some space. And by the end of the episode, it even talks about that. So, you know, cause we never, you know, until that end of season four, we, we never really have the two of them at, at serious emotional odds with each other. Right. Yeah. So, this one started kind of go and then she used off. Yeah, they on, they only get so far, and then, but but also just I love when you have this like 
little sister kind of like taking charge, right? And just trying to set her at ease, but also deal with the big hard things that it, uh, Wynona's always the one like being the doer, right? Like we got to find another way. We got to do this. We got to do this. And then Waverly's like, okay, I'm taking charge of this because cl- clearly you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but yeah, we just see like the shift between like, you know, the last episode, she was Gunona and she was demonic, but she was also so carefree. And now we're right back to like her listing off all these stressors that she has in her life. And it's like, okay, where are we going to go with this? Because purgatory has got to be a really rough place to be pregnant. Again, burden of the curse, burden Mm -hmm. of the curse. Mm -hmm. And just as Wynona is about to leave for the truck, she turns around yelling shit. And Waverly's like, what? She's like, I have to pee again. (laughs) (laughs) Which again, puts it into perspective, uh, you know. Okay, you're fighting crime and then, or not crime, but you're fighting demons and now you're going to have to go to the bathroom. Like, okay, we're going to have some trouble here. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to, like, this whole episode makes me want a sister so much. I mean, several episodes in this whole series do, but this one, I'm just like, oh, I love their relationship so much. And And neither of them has one. I know. Don't start, (laughs) Kevin. I have to. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. We recorded on our sister's Sunday. I'm I like, hey, know. I cannot totally take that out of the picture. Sorry. I know. Any given Sunday, we could just fall <laughs> apart. And, and then we're at the sheriff's office. My Nona walks in and she's just itching for a case. She's begging Nicole to give her anything. Cannibal psychiatrist, scorpion shih tzu hybrid, <laughs> creep, creepy clowns. I hear those are hot right now. And Nicole's just looking at her like, go away. Like, why are you like this right I now? have real work. <laughs> Leave me alone, you <laughs> pest. Uh, and she's like, I got nothing. Why don't you go to a spa or something? And then my notice says, we don't have a spa in purgatory. And I'm thinking, what about the one that she had don't pull the thread, Ian. Don't pull the thread. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe not purgatory, but the Ghost River Triangle. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's it's a little ways away. Yeah, yeah. it's out well, in the boonies, I'm sure. Right. Technically not within city limits. Correct. This is how I, I got around my thought. And Nicole's just, you know, suggesting all these things, including shopping. And Winona's like, why do my clothes look tight? <laughs> so everything in this episode is just her thinking people are catching on to her pregnancy, which is very funny. <laughs> There's several of those good lines. Mm-hmm. Waverly comes in full of Waverly energy and she gives Winona a drink. And as soon as she drinks it, she spits it out. And she's like, what was this? <laughs> Tastes like it was brewed in Nedley's hat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like, oh. I would have loved to have all been of the, on all set of the Waverly op- optimistic approach to life is not going to help you if it's not real coffee or Winona. No, and especially like a hormonal Winona, right? Like this could get your head bit off, Waverly. Be careful. Watch where you step. So the soothing sunshine decaf herbal tea is not going over well. And she says, it sounds like a hippie hemorrhoid cream and I don't want it in my cup. Underappreciated lines. I know. So good. So fast the way she delivers these. And Nicole at this point is just pleading with Waverly. And she's like, will you please take her somewhere else? Like a child who needs babysitting. And Nicole mentions also, but, you know, but I'm off in 10 minutes. So if you come back, like, you know, she gives her hard eyes. And Wynona gives the great line. Ugh, you guys make the notebook look bleak. (laughs) They sure are cute. 
Yeah. And then it wouldn't be Winona Earp if like a nun drenched in blood didn't walk in to like <laughs> shake things up. Exactly. <laughs> we have this funny and like this, you know, googly eye romance happening. And then it's just a nun with bloody hands. <laughs> it's like it reminds me of um, the... 412 where it's like we're at a chapel and we know we're getting a wedding and then all of a sudden a bride with an axe walks in right and you're like this is not where I saw this going with the horror element and uh at the Gardner mansion shit's also getting weird there the widow sisters are like I don't know chanting things and they're rolling rings like there's some weird dice game on a map and I'm assuming that's a map of the ghost river triangle and Beth no, no, is, actually, you didn't notice that's actually them playing D&D. That's what I thought. I'm like, this is totally D&D, isn't it? People keep saying dice, but I think you can also play with rings. <laughs> you can if you're the widows. <laughs> I was like, is that a D20 ring? or? Yeah, which one cancels out the other? Exactly. That's as much D&D talk as I know. <laughs> uh, Beth is accusing Mercedes of losing their husband's favor, uh, the gift. And they're also like talking about how Boba moved the second seal. And so like this whole story is like, there's a lot of names being dropped into who's involved in the seals. They mention Juan Carlo. They bring the stone, which is name into the equation, but she's missing. So it's like, how far does this scandal go? To many directions and many people. And it just I, think, I mean, the Bobo mention is certainly first time around is one that's going to raise your eyebrow too. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say they're running out of time. And the Mercedes looks at the map and she sees the clockmaker's mansion. And she wonders if Hypnos is still in the triangle. So that's some guy we haven't heard of before. And uh, the next thing you know, we are at Hypnos's mansion. And they have sent Tucker in there with like some safety protection with this ring around his neck and like a spell attached to it. And we find this Hypnos character attached to an IV with this girl, Poppy, which is uh, his daughter who's taking care of him. And I guess this IV is keeping him asleep. Tucker, Tucker undoes it and then that like wakes him up. But this set is really a cool set. Oh, it is. It's one of those you really appreciate when you take a look at it, whether you pause the scene or when you're rewatching it to think about all the work that went into dressing and setting this one up. Yeah. And like now that the auction has happened, I'm watching episodes even more going like, was that in the auction? Was that in the <laughs> auction? And then I'm thinking, gosh, what, where were all these clocks for the auction? It's a lot of clocks. Uh, and then at the sheriff's office, we've got the nun giving her statement in she mentions a Victorian woman in black. And as she's saying that, Winona finishes her sentence. And Waverly and Jeremy just look at her like, how do you know? And I had forgotten that they didn't know about the, the Victorian women, woman in black yet. And at this point in time, they still only think there's one. Mm, yeah. Yep. And that's a perfect way to describe it. Because, yeah, after having watched the seasons and, and all, trying to remember when each person is kind of brought into the understanding of these pieces. This episode is key to a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And um, the woman says that she couldn't move a muscle when she saw the woman and that um, she just watched as, as the woman ate him. And then Waverly bends down and is just so like tender with this woman. She's like consoling her and she's just so loving and she tells her she's safe. And this really reminded me of how like, 
Waverly consoled Beth when um, um, Tucker had been arrested. She was just like so like nice to Beth. And then also how she consoled Jenny, the genie, um, when she thought she was a, a victim of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Just like how she just like went out of her way. I mean, we know she's the nicest person in purgatory, but like so often we see her like with a shotgun in her hand, like, you know, storming off. But then like you see these moments where she's just like with these victims as she thinks and, you know, consoling them. Well, she did get like a sash for that. Huh? She did. She definitely did. Where was her sash? Was that in the auction? <laughs> we never saw it on screen. So okay, here we go. Pulling I know the right here. All for the rest of eternity now. I'm stuck in auction talk. Wynonna tells uh, Jeremy and Waverly that she's like, yeah, I saw this woman at the condos. And she goes on talking about how she she thought she was seeing things. And then she thought it was Willa, which I remember thinking, too. Like, I thought it was Willa's ghost for sure at the beginning. I think most of us did. Definitely didn't have like two widows <laughs> on my bingo card. <laughs> um, and then somehow they pieced together that the church and the condos both were consecrated grounds. And Wayne realizes that, oh, the, the widow must be looking for the other seat. There must be more than one seal. And they realize that, okay, we need to try to beat her to it. We're going to look for more consecrated grounds within the triangle. Jeremy decides, you know, he can figure it out with math. He just needs 24 hours and a burrito. (laughs) (laughs) I like his list of demands. Like, I got this. It's all I need. It's the hunker down, Jeremy, required. (laughs) Uh, It's a blog. (laughs) Vegan burrito, I'm sure. Yes. And uh, as Dolls and Doc walk in, Dolls says, you know, you might want to sit down. And again, we have Winona right away. Like, why? I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need (laughs) And he's like, no, I'm talking to Jeremy. And Jeremy sits down and like falls out of his seat, which is just like comedy gold. And so they get up to speed that, okay, BBD is gone. Waverly's her positive self as usual. She's like, yay, no more blood contracts, which you're going to have to bring up the auction because I saw those in the auction and I almost bid on them. <laughs> it's in my notes. Of course you did. <laughs> Your notes are going to be extra long from now on. <laughs> be like, that was the action. Um, Jeremy asks the most logical question. He's like, then who's paying us? Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> who's paying you? <laughs> there we go. Bringing some reality into my sci-fi fantasy. They're like, you know, there's no, there's no backup. Who's paying us? Dolls is more pragmatic and he's like listen we're free agents so we can take care of things our own way now and doc is like welcome to the club i've been here a while and they're just kind of <laughs> going back and forth and waverly's got her arms crossed and she just whispers what is happening yeah, another popular gift that <laughs> is is such a good one i have a friend who uses that one all the time <laughs> i'm like i know like there'll be a situation i'm like in five, four, three, I know this <laughs> gif is going to pop up, <laughs> just yeah. waiting for it. Um, but it wasn't until I didn't really piece together this bit until I read Bridget's postmortem with Emily for this episode. But when Dolls is saying that they're free agents and talking about like falling in line, I think this is where he's saying that without BBD, he's not Winona's boss. So this is his chance to kind of like open up and possibly have a relationship with her. 
And that's an excellent point and observation because I know, you know, as we know with what's going to develop in this episode, especially he's going to, you know, invite her out for coffee and, you know, all that's going to go there. And, it, and if you're not paying attention, you kind of go, wow, that was a quick right turn. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the reason, you know, kind of tying it together is circumstance and being dolls. He sees opportunity and, and you know, gives him an up, gives him a chance to go do what he's been waiting, obviously, to do. Yeah, I mean, he she doesn't work for him anymore if they're all like off book now. Um, but yeah, it took me reading Emily saying at the beginning of the episode, I felt like Dolls announced his intentions to Doc, even in subtext, which was that he was sick of falling in line and finally going to pursue pursue what he wanted, which was Winona. Over the course of the episode, this new information made it clear that he maybe was going to have to put his romantic feelings on hold, which is a place Dolls lives, right? And he lives in a land of repression for the greater good, which is really sad. But yeah, it took... It took me reading that to go, that's what was happening there. <laughs> <laughs> Along, of course, with the two guys trying to one-up each other as Waverly's wondering what's going on. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> what, am, what am I not getting? What is happening? <laughs> Why is this going on right now? Oh, yeah. that You know, the, the subtext of, you know, she's mine. No, she's mine. No, I'm going to get her. No, I'm going to get her. Yeah, without actually saying it. Without yeah. saying it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Winona jumps up and waves Peacemaker in the air, reminding them that, hello, chick with the big ass gun here. And there's still demons. And like, you guys can do what you want as far as I'm concerned. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, we hunt supernatural shit. We kill supernatural shit. Um, and then, and then she says something like, there's no piece of metal needed. And Jeremy's like, well, Peacemaker is metal. And then she says, zip it, algebra. <laughs> which I totally didn't catch before. And I'm like, now I want to know how many nicknames she has for Jeremy. Oh yeah. Someone's got to have a list somewhere, right? Yeah. You know, it's you know all... the Erpers. Someone's probably got one of all the, I mean, yeah, love to see the ones Nicole. in the cold and Winona. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's, she's got to have quite a few for him. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to keep track of those more now. Um, and there's a bit of fun where Jeremy's about to leave and then doc pushes him back down and, Jeremy just gets all flustered. And I, I just love flustered Jeremy when it comes to dealing with Doc. This, this is some of the prime time for, for watching some of that man crush going on there. Yeah. And we like, even though it's never going to go anywhere, it's just, it's still funny that he can't contain his crush around Doc. And I don't know. It's just so funny. He's like, do you want a snack? I can get, I'm going to get a snack. Do you want a snack? I can get you a snack. <laughs> He's just always a googly eyed over him. I know. Um. Dolls asks Wynona if she wants to go get some coffee afterwards because he wants to talk about something personal with her. And it's a little awkward for everyone. It's like nobody saw this coming. It's just what is what is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Waverly interrupts saying, you know, she'll meet you there. We've got some things that we need to discuss. And the next thing we see is Wynona being like pinchy arm pulled by Waverly. And she's like, ouch. <laughs> It's very similar to Waverly grabbing her by the ear in 412. Just letting her big sister have it, right? I love when she scolds Winona. Just, I don't know. There's just something delightful about her little sister dishing it out to her. Well, I love that she also comes back to her, though, because, again, it's Waverly trying to be a bit over-cautious. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know what you'd like to say. I mean, again, well-meaning, but Winona's got to kind of draw a little bit of a line. Like, hey, I can take care of myself. 
Right. But you can see where she would be. I mean, Winona's made some 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 sketchy choices in her history. So you've got to imagine that, you know, history has proven that she's not always doing a great job of uh, doing choices. So Waverly's like, I'm just going to keep an eye on you now that you're back. But she can be a little stifling, I'm sure. So Waverly is convinced that Dolls is about to tell her that he wants to be more. <laughs> Clueless Winona is like, what, more dragon? <laughs> Waverly's just irritated like no he wants to be more than just your boss and you have to talk to him because you know Henry's part of this equation and you know just everything and then there's the shift in Winona's face and I never really like read it before but now when like so she's like you know Henry's part of this equation but then I don't know if I'm reading into it because we know what happens later with like the possible doc not being the baby's daddy but I read Winona's face is like "Mm, he might not be the dad, um, which I hadn't really noticed before. And again, but that's isn't that part of the fun for us as viewers? Because at the point we're watching this, I know I did, and I suspect many people were just like, oh, Doc's the dad. Yeah, I just always no assumed. Doubt. So yeah, now once we know where that's kind of going, you're right. We can read Winona's face as, oh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I did not have Rev from the bar on my radar. <laughs> I don't think that was on any bingo card. No. <laughs> and uh, Waverly thinks that Doc needs to be in on this right now. And I love how the show gave Winona just complete agency over this from the beginning, you know, saying loud and proud, it's my decision who to tell and when it's my decision and nobody else gets to decide how to handle it but me. But I have to tell you, watching this episode with the current political climate, was just really hitting hitting me because it's like you know here yep. we're talking about choices and pregnancies and it's just like it's just re- amazing how much has changed you know we here we have this show kind of celebrating choices and you know whether she felt like she had a choice or not with the curse she she did have some choices but yeah excellent so, observation and yeah watching this one just like oh God. But again, the show flying under the radar and just hitting it out of the park with issues like this, sandwiched between humor and comedy and drama. It's just it's freaking gold. Winona tells her to stop pushing her and stop judging her. And then, like, you can see that the tension is broken up a little bit because Winona notices Nicole making hard eyes behind, <laughs> behind them, right? And she's like, your girlfriend is looking at you like the, you're the fudge to her Sunday. So adorable. What a Waver- great line. I know. <laughs> and it turns out Waverly has not talked with Nicole about things since she was Gooverly. Yeah. So, Excellent way to remind us too. Yeah. Which I had totally forgotten about. And like, I don't think even with all the Gooverly stuff going on, it wasn't in my head. Like what had happened while she was good. Mm-hmm. This was kind of brought up. Then we have like that tiny little quick scene where Jeremy <laughs> thinks he found the location of the second seal and he's so excited. And he's like, I found it. He turns around like nobody is there. Like, did he not realize he was just alone the whole time? <laughs> so deep in he's his Genuinely work. excited. I get it. You know, focus on the moment. He wants to share it with everyone. Like high five someone. Crickets. No one's there. Then we're in Waverly's bedroom and it's we're going to have definite sexy times. Definite. Definite good sexy times here. 
And but the scene is great for so many reasons. And the biggest one is that it addresses the elephant in the room that's like Nicole and Waverly have had sex while Waverly was taken over by the goo. And how Nicole is concerned that um Nicole is concerned and Waverly is just like assures her that like, no, I remember everything that happened when I was with you. And she makes a point to tell her that like when it was in control, those were the times when I had memory lapses. And since I remember that all, clearly it was me that was in control at the time. And Emily makes sure to bring this up in her, her postmortems with uh, Bridget and the TV junkies. Bridget says, it was nice to see Way Hot not dance around the tentacle in the room and discuss Gooverly. Does this mean they're doing pretty good now? Emily says, I think they're doing pretty good, but I don't know if people will pick up on that scene. <laughs> we'll have to see. I think it was really important that they talked about that. I'm not a huge fan of weird rape stories, so I wanted to make it clear. And I think that Nicole needed to make it clear that when they were together in an intimate fashion, they were themselves. I think that was really important. And that speaks uh, speaks to the genuineness of the relationship. I think that they are in an exceptional place right now. And I have to tell you, this post, this postmortem, this, I mean, we say this every time, at least I say this every time. Um, and I, I feel like I say every time, like this was the best postmortem, <laughs> but this one was really good. <laughs> oh yeah. I get several quotes later on. Yes. Yeah. So, but I know I say it every week. So like, obviously if you haven't heard by now, we're big fans from the postmortems with each episode. <laughs> Required reading. That's the phrase I go back to every time getting the most out of herb, you have to read these. You have to. So many good things brought up there. But like you said, the way hot stuff, it's wonderful because I know we like to joke when it comes to TV shows about how some, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes problems exist, even though if all someone did was take out their cell, cell phone and call someone else, you know, you, you could avoid problems. So you joke about that from a communication point of view. But the way that both of them together are intimate, while still communicating and also being honest is just a beautiful foundation. It's wonderful to see it happening even in a supernatural situation. So it's just a, it's just beautiful all around. Right. You don't have like one of them just thinking it and never saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Or one of those shows where one person leaves the room and the other one looks longingly out the window, like, Oh, I should have said it. You know what I mean? It's real. It's, it's, Hey, we got to deal with this. And it's just beautiful to see it. Right. And also, I mean, to address like she says the kind of elephant in the room too for the audience like what are you putting in front of us now that we think about it like now that we know she was mm -hmm. she was good that whole time what does that mean yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like what, what where are we going with this andrus but she's got it she's got her backs it's fine it's fine at the diner Wynona walks in and dolls is waiting and it's just so cute to see how like she walks in the front door she's so flustered she like thinks about turning back it's just it's fun to see Wynona like out of her element and not feeling that confidence. Unusual. Mm -hmm. And um, she, yeah, she's just so nervous to find out what he wants to talk about. Right. And then he said, doll says, do you want to drink? Uh, you know, what are you going to have since you can't have whiskey? And she's like, what? I can have whiskey. Whiskey's fine. What? What? Again, like this whole, like, why do you mean I can't have whiskey? And he's like, well, it's, you're on the clock and it's a diner. Like we're working. And it's a diner. It's like 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it's purgatory though. It's a diner in purgatory. She's probably got a bottle behind there. And then Dolls gets kind of serious and he starts <clears throat> talking about how much he missed her. And then 
thank goodness Wynonna spots Mercedes walking in and she gets all excited, mostly because she wants to use Mercedes to bail her out of this conversation. She <laughs> kind of doesn't want to have. But Mercedes is acting like a little too proper, not her like casual hey bitch self. And Wynonna even says like, what's wrong? Silver spoon stuck up your butt again? And Mercedes takes it very literally and like looks, looks down. <laughs> like, Did I sit on something? What? <laughs> So we know why, but, you know, obviously uh, Wynonna is like, okay, something's weird with her. And then Mercedes starts talking about how Tucker's driving her crazy. And Wynonna's just like so sweet here. And she says, you know, you can always call me if he's bothering you and we can talk about it. Which I just, again, I love, I love the relationship, the friendship that they have, even though like it gets to be pretty like weird with all the stuff that happens with Mercedes throughout the seasons, but. I think they could have had like a really, really good friendship if so many <laughs> bad things didn't happen to Mercedes over the four seasons. Yeah, could have been there. Could have, <laughs> could have been a contender. Uh, Mercedes gets a call and she leaves and Winona suddenly has to pee again because we know why. But as she's walking off, she gets a little woozy and you start to wonder for a second if like this is just like a pregnancy thing, right? But then you start to see dolls pass out and all the other people in the diner pass out as well. It's like a little weird, like dreamy sequence kind of stuff. And then the next thing we see is Wynonna sitting on the ground and Peacemaker is doing something we've never seen it do before, which is like flashing and zapping. And it wakes her up. And the whole concept of it being sentient. I know. Like (laughs) so many questions ensue, right? Like. Is it always looking out for Winona? Does it act as some kind of protection for her? Mm-hmm. I think you have yes. to wonder yes. what its primary focus is. Mm-hmm. It's not just a gun, that's for sure. That's right. I'm going to guess at some point it maybe is even a sword. I don't know. <laughs> just going to put it out there. <laughs> okay, pin on that one. Coming back. Uh, and as the camera is panning around to show like all these people that have passed out, uh, a sign for the diners on the wall, and it says Bo's Diner, which is a nod to Bo Smith, the creator mm-hmm. of the Winona Earp franchise, fandom, yes. nice. comics. Nicely done. Daddy Earp. And, um, and Winona's brushing like some dust off her stomach or something, and then she realizes there's a bump. <laughs> and it's yeah. a lot bigger than it was before. Big news. Yeah. Big news. I just, I don't know. The, the whole way that they used this time jump or this. How brilliant is this? Yeah. I mean, how like, brilliant. Like how this is when I want to dive into Emily and everybody, all the other writers heads and just be like, how did you come up with this? When did it come to you? Yeah. I mean, we knew, she knew they had to align Mel with Winona. You know, make them much easier from a story point of view. But to be able to think about how to do that and do it in the in the supernatural world and in the in the purgatory to have it work perfectly to do that, this uh, I'm sorry, this is just one of those. Yeah, she's stand like this, up and clap like brilliant writing. The story's at this point. Mel's at this point. We only have you know six episodes or seven episodes left before baby comes. We got to speed this along. How do we do mm-hmm. that? Yep. Just genius. And it and it's not like it 
like they address it, right? It's not like, oh, just like try to trick the audience where one day she's not pregnant. Yeah, and one then, episode like, she's super can't pregnant. Notice it. Yeah, right. Next episode is like, oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I know. That's why I say it. it's just you just appreciate this is the kind of stuff that you step back and appreciate uh, as we've been talking about. And I'm sure so many of you listeners know that, you know, this wasn't the initial plan for the season of, of having our uh, pregnant superhero, but to, to be able to pivot and to be able to make this work as seamlessly as if this had been planned for, you know, since the end of season one or something, it's just a real appreciation. Yeah. I mean, what a way to like, I'm not calling Melanie's actual child a problem, but like, what a way to solve a problem, right? Just like, how do we do that? Like, oh, it's just kudos, kudos. Amazing. Um, Wino says, we're going to need a bigger coat. (laughs) Okay. Takes Uh. off her coat, swaps it with some other guys who's like passed out at the table. Right. And this is where we realize that it hasn't just been like a few minutes because there are flies and like dust and the food is moldy. Some time has passed since she passed yeah, out. Significant amount of time. Yeah. Um, and she wakes up dolls and they go outside and like cars have crashed because people have just fallen asleep wherever they are. So out of this world at the homestead, Winona comes in, she wakes up Waverly in bed. This scene is just so fun too. Like how, you know, the first thing they do is go to the homestead and just gotta get gotta get the rest of the Scooby gang, right? And <laughs> Waverly's in bed and she's just got her belly stick out. She whacks her in the head with the pillow. <laughs> she's like, does this look like okay to you? Everyone's <laughs> <was> like, whoa. <laughs> and then uh, she's like, Waverly's like wait where's Nicole and then we hear this like scream from Nicole like we've never heard before and dolls say oh officer hot and then he clears his throat and uh, Waverly's like oh Nicole was a a little naked so it's just like we don't see any of that but just like the idea that this awkward situation has just happened between dolls and Nicole was just very funny to me and um, yeah it turns out you can wake people up but they fall right back asleep again. So the gang is is trying to stay very caffeinated. Uh, They also don't want to wake anyone up that they don't necessarily need to wake up because keeping everyone asleep is going to make it easier to spot the bad guy. Uh, If fewer people are awake, Dahl says they're going to need something stronger than coffee. And Nicole says she's got enough pharmaceuticals in the evidence locker to keep all of Perg high buzzing. And this like this kind of surprised me about Nicole that she would say this because, um, well, she also says most of it is legal if taken by the person for whom it is prescribed. But I don't know. I just like this seemed out of character to me for Nicole that like this was her answer right away. But I kind of loved it. Well, but it, it it's maybe not a lot of the stuff that we would see normally, but this is a very unique situation and she realizes they need to do something very outside of the box. So yeah, it's, and as we'll hear later on with Tucker and tracking his phone, exactly. you know, there's times when she knows it's, it's better to bend the rules. Yeah. And it's like this, this is kind of like that beginning point where we see like, she's like the goodest of good, but also willing like you just said, to, to bend the rules, especially for the people she loves. As, yeah. as she said last time, she'd shoot anyone for Waverly, right? Mm-hmm. Waverly says, if you snort it or shoot it, she's out. And so is Winona. Again, 
looking at Winona and being very overly protective of her sister and niece or nephew at this point. We didn't know it was a niece, but they all head out and Winona's in the kitchen looking at her bump and Nicole runs back in and spots her. Just another great scene. You know, Winona tries to cover it up, but it's too late. And Nicole is just speechless. And the look on Winona's face is, I don't even know how to describe it. Panic, like pleading. She just looks at Nicole and she literally says, Nicole, please. And Nicole closes the door to give them a little more privacy. And she's like, does Waverly know? And she says, yes, but you know, you and her, you're the only ones who know nobody else. And Nicole just gives her like a lot of nonverbal indications that like, Okay, fine. I got you covered. You know, there's like head nodding and stuff. And now I'm watching this scene with the added knowledge from Earp Expo, where in that panel, um, the why not panel, she said, Melanie said that when Kat played the character, she was like, I like this relationship. I feel safe here. And she said that the way Kat played that character, she felt like, I know exactly who Kat is as a person in real life. She's like, I feel like you, she said to Kat in the in the panel, I felt like that is exactly the kind of person you would be in real life. You are in real life. Like, that's how you as Kat would handle the situation, like the same way Nicole handled the situation. It's like, now I just can't see this scene without having that added context. And I just love getting those experiences like that, that add to this too. Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, this is where we appreciate it becomes more because mm-hmm. of some of the other stuff we learn, interviews, you know, at the time, later on. It's just, it's what keeps making it fresh and keeps giving us more layers to it. Yeah. The uniqueness of the the show and the fandom is that, ex- that accessibility that the cast has given us with additional information. I so appreciate. And starting with the postmortems. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if we haven't mentioned it. <laughs> Uh, the other part about the scene that I really like dealing with Nicole is that you just you see again that concern she has for the citizens of Purgatory, where she mentions she wants to make a sweep of the town and she's not going to wake anybody up. But if they're if they've fallen asleep outside, she wants to move them so they don't get hypothermia. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, she's just so good. She's just such a good cop. She's such a good person. Well, again, she's already taken care of purgatory, as she eventually will be. Yes, you know, Mm -hmm. she's already doing it, even without having the title. (laughs) It was always meant to be. And Mm -hmm. then as she goes to leave, she mutters, heaven help that gynecologist. Subtle, but very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's got to it's got to break up the sweetness, right? Again, get too sugary, syrupy, sweet, and got to have some funny in there. And um, back at the clock mansion, Hypnos is having trouble keeping everyone asleep. Tucker gives us a timeline by saying the whole town has been asleep for weeks, and now he wants his prize, uh, which is Poppy. You know, he said he wanted a girl, so I guess they found him Poppy. Uh, if you can't have Waverly, she'll do, right? And I know it's so bad. (laughs) The widows want more time. Um, And uh, hypnosis, like someone's awake and they're like, put him back to sleep. He says he can't. And that the air of why the air of Wyatt Earp is too strong. So this is when they, the widows start to get an idea of like, 
okay, what is this, this ERP person that we've got to deal with? Because they weren't really thinking about that part of the equation. Now they're kind of realizing they've got a real contender. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Make a bigger, bigger scope. Yeah. And then Tucker just kind of briefly mentions, oh, and I found something in the salt flats. Um, so that was an interesting little thing he dropped in that conversation that would, we, we know what's going on in the salt flats, but we didn't know where that was going to go. Yep. We'll see more on that at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Tucker is oh, up to no good. At the sheriff's op- office, Dolls is giving out pharmaceuticals, adrenaline pills. Um, and they're like, why, why, why would you keep everyone asleep? What's the advantage for this bad guy? Right. And they make the assumption that it's easier to get things done when everybody in town is asleep. Dolls gives them walkie talkies and says, no, we're not doing any cutesy call signs. Okay. (laughs) For what? Two minutes. I know. (laughs) Look on Waverly's face when she does. She just, she cannot help herself. (laughs) Mom, we'd all be just like that. You know, I know. It. I mean, <laughs> yeah, add a girl, angel pants. <laughs> See you around, bacon donut. It's just the way they say it, too. Yes. Very fun. And again, just breaking up some of the like the tension. Uh, Waverly also apologizes for trying to pressure Winona earlier. And they again clear the air, everything's reset, and they're kind of back to normal. And Dolls asks if she's feeling okay. So, like, he's like, he can read her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Winona says, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think I need a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and as she's walking around looking for Jeremy with her cup of tea, she starts to see her breath again, which is, you know, our indicator that the widows are around. And she quips, What's with the veil? Someone die, or are you just over hats? <laughs> God, closed captions are your best friend. I think I saw on Twitter somebody thought um, that gynecologist line was something else, and I was thinking, no, this is why you need to watch with captain with got captions. To. You got to subsequent watches; it's required. Absolutely. Uh, she realizes that the widows, well, the widow, she doesn't know there's two until about two seconds from now. Um, that they've put the town under sleep so that they can find the second seal. And that's when she sees the second one and she says, double, double, shit ton of trouble. And um, yeah, the widows kind of just like give her a partial venom breath, right? Like they just kind of slowed her down. They didn't put her sleep altogether, Um, but just long enough for them to grab Jeremy's research to find where the second seal is. I didn't realize that it was venom. I always thought it was just like a frosty breath thing they were doing. Yeah, kind of combination kind of thing, though. One, you know, yeah, because we, we visually we're seeing one thing, but understanding what it truly is kind of comes out as we see yeah. do it more. And it makes you know? sense because of all the spider stuff and like yeah. the spiders at the end when they shoot her. But I don't, I don't think I really realized it was like a, a venomy thing until I read the postmortem as well. Mm-hmm. But it all makes sense now. Waverly goes to find Doc um, because Winona just really doesn't want to see him yet because she's way too pregnant looking and they've got other things to deal with before they get to the heart of that matter. And she finds him and Rosita in a very compromising position that they've fallen asleep in. And she's like, well, somebody's been doing yoga. 
And when Doc wakes up, Waverly really starts to give him a hard time about Rosita. And uh, he says, it's, you know, it's new, it's casual. And um, Doc's like, you know, I'm not the settling down type and I never have been, which I thought was really interesting. Because that's not really true. Well, that's something that he wants to believe is true. Mm -hmm. That's how he kind of deals with these things and his feelings sometimes. Or what he wants everyone else to believe too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's Doc being Doc. Yeah, but it's also interesting that Waverly is naturally already in, you know, protective auntie mode mm -hmm. because she's assuming that Doc is the dad and therefore, you know, he needs to be, you know, focused on Winona. It's just, it's natural. Both of them right here, you can kind of, you can step back and see why they're acting the way they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, you know, he thinks, okay, Dolls is going to go after Winona. He has no idea about this pregnancy. So he's like, we were casual. It is yeah. what it is. She hasn't committed to me. Um, and Waverly's like, don't think you're going to just go gallivanting around with somebody else if, you know, there's a baby involved. So, And then she's like, aren't you a little old for her? <laughs> he says, I'm older than the state of Colorado. Everyone's too young for me. <laughs> Excellent way to put it. For I know. Excellent way. So very you know, good. Can't argue with that one, can you? Yeah. <laughs> and then he he gets a little bent out of shape about Winona not coming to wake him up herself. And he's assuming like that she's still on her date with dolls, right? Yeah. They probably fell asleep together. Yeah, exactly. And Waverly's like, no, that's not what happened. And so they go looking for some more energy drinks and they find Jeremy asleep in the basement. And here's a fun line that I missed where um, Doc says he had to hide the energy drinks from Rosita because she had four in a row and she started talking about seeing some fella named Elvis. <laughs> As he's walking down the stairs, like, oh, I had to hide him from Rosita. I totally missed that whole dialogue before. <laughs> <It's just like laughs> did you did you know, did you read up on the the, the energy, energy drink company? I didn't read up on them, but I know it's an actual energy drink company in Canada. Yeah, Beaver Buzz. I know. <laughs> how perfect could you how get perfect, right how perfect can you get yes for this exactly. show in this fandom i am i am looking i have right here on my counter i have a can of beaver buzz that is in um it's uh saskatchewan berry flavor oh okay uh the first year at akon in their goodie bag was a can of beaver buzz fun it is so on i have my not list. opened this baby i just kind of have it here as a little moment it is on my list of things to procure while I am in Toronto. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Along with my all-dressed chips. <laughs> it's good you already have a list. I have a list. You know I'm a planny planner. Uh, yes, you are. I can <laughs> confirm. Uh, they wake Jeremy up and he's like, the seal is in Shorty's because Shorty's was built on the site of a Masonic temple. He goes to move some crates from in front of, what is that? A furnace? A boiler? Yeah, like a furnace. Looks okay. like a big furnace to me. And uh, they're just way too heavy for him to move, right? And they're like, you're going to hurt yourself. And Doc just picks it up <laughs> like it's a feather. <laughs> and Jeremy's like, oh, it was heavier than it. You know, it looked a lot heavier. So they're all kind of afraid to go in and get the seal. And then Jeremy starts chanting, what would the rock do? What would the rock do? And then there's another. I love that. I know. <laughs> Jeremy's just. So like, Jeremy. Talk about him in the postmortem, but like how his character is really developing. It's so fun. Doc says, oh, goodness. <laughs> Waverly says, 
my bets on badness. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like another line that's just like, if you go too fast through the show, like you're you just miss gonna it. miss it. But yeah, it's just like she doesn't like skip her little beat with my bets on badness. At the sheriff's office, Dolls finds Winona and he sees her on the ground and he notices her bump and he's like, <laughs> I am not seeing things, right? Like, tell me. But she doesn't try to hide it. She's like, yep, I'm knocked up. And um, this is when she tells them that there are two of them, meaning the widows. Cat's out of the bag with dolls now. Nicole's is, Nicole is staked out and uh, she's fighting off sleep, drinking the Beaver Buzz energy drinks. And she sees one of the widows. <laughs> she's like, why don't any of the creepy bad guys ever just wear jeans? <laughs> Another line you miss if you're just kind of casually watching. Yes. I know. Just so good. It's like, how? How? At the sheriff's office, my name is like, okay, I was going to tell you, talking about dolls. He's like, when? When you were in labor? And then she kind of jokes like, oh, no, I'm going to have to do that, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all getting way too real instantly. Well, and also, like, she just went from finding out to yeah. being yep. super pregnant. So, Last episode, she just took the test, right? So, like, as far as we know, a day has passed. And now she's like, oh, my God, when when am I going to have to deal with that? Not too, not too far from now. And he immediately starts uh, trying to change how he deals with her, asking if, she, you know, she needs to sit down. And you can just see all the thoughts going on in his head as he realizes that she's pregnant and what that might mean for them, like with their missions, their possible relationship. And she says, believe it or not, being pregnant does not affect my ability to send evil shit tickets screaming back to hell. Uh, but, I was wonderful to hear. Yeah. And I think like also that's like that line is not just Winona talking, but Melanie talking about being able to play a superhero in a show, you know, a pregnant, yep. a pregnant woman playing a superhero. Uh, complete with kicking down a door mm -hmm. <laughs> to reestablish who is in charge on this show. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I love, I love the statements being made both directly and to be interpreted on what's going to happen here. Yeah, absolutely. Nicole says she spotted one of the widows at the clock mansion and Winona's going to go after them. And dolls right away is like, no, you can't go in hot. And she's like, have you met me? I'm always hot. Um, but again, his attitude's kind of shifted and like, like the walls are kind of back up now because he's like, oh, great. Let's go. You know, you know, he's assuming it's, it's docs as well. So mm -hmm. he's got to know like, where, where does that put me? And then I also wondered, does, do you think he knows, I think I said this in the last episode, but do you think he knows he's dying at this point? I, whether or not he does, I don't think it's impacting how he's reacting to this. Yeah. I don't think so anyway. I feel like if he knew, he probably wouldn't have tried to start a relationship with her. Yeah, uh, that's an excellent point, too. So, like, at this point, I'm like, no, I don't think he knows. At the clock mansion, dolls, Nicole and Winona go in and they find um, the Sandman. And he's like, you know, they made me do it. Winona's like, just wake everyone up. And he's like, I can't. And then she's like, well, I can by shooting you right between the eyes. And it turns out that if she does that, they'll all stay asleep forever until they rot, which is really kind of gross. And then just as he says that, Nicole like falls asleep again into a chair. And he says, I just, I love how she, <laughs> she just happens to fall asleep and land right into a chair. It's perfect. And um, 
he's like, that includes you three. And he's counting, you know, dolls, Nicole, my Nona. But then he says, or shall I say four, counting the baby. And now you can like see the shift in her face. Like, oh gosh, you're right. Like this is a new thing to factor into my choices yeah. when I'm fighting and, you know, living for. She says, listen, asshole, I'm tired and I'm hormonal and I have to pee for the zillionth time today. <laughs> Can't shoot to kill. That's mine. Uh, I have other ways to bring the pain. So he agrees to cooperate if they get his daughter Poppy back from Tucker. Hypnos lets them know that there are three seals, which we didn't um, know about at this point, and that the widows seem familiar with him, even though he didn't remember them, which I thought was interesting and doesn't really come up again. Dahl sees the map and he assumes that the widows found the second seal already. I'm, uh, I'm just prepping for what's coming later. Okay. Get to <laughs> hunker down. Uh, shorties, Jeremy is just hyper on beaver buzz. <laughs> he is so kudos to Varun. Okay. Here's a scene we want you to act like you are, you know, high on energy drinks and he does such a beautiful yeah, job. Yeah. It's very <laughs> animated. Over caffeinated everything. Yeah. And <laughs> they try to radio Winona. And she tries to warn them to get out that the women in black are coming, but it's too late. We see the, uh, you know, that their breath gets cold, indicating that they're there. And I thought the three of them were armed, but then I realized Jeremy's not armed. He's just holding a radio. <laughs> yeah, he said he because he because he failed his weapon stuff or something. Yeah, yeah, he's failed his <laughs> firearms test for uh, four times, um, which Varun in real life is better at shooting uh, the Nerf guns than, than the others. Uh, the widows then hit them with their paralyzing venom breath and they're down. At the clock mansion, Wynonna injects Nicole with the EpiPen and she wakes up. <laughs> She's like, tell me I'm wearing clothes this time. <laughs> so funny. Great callback. I know. It's <laughs> like, I love how Nicole's serious and then she has like good ones like that. Um. But then her second thought is Waverly's in trouble, which gets me right in the feels, Kevin. You've got your sisters. I've got my way hot. <laughs> my Nona tells her, like, she's like, listen, I need you to go find someone else and, you know, not Waverly. And I've got a, another job for you. And she just looks at her like, you can't be serious. Like, you know, I have to get Waverly. And she's like trust me, you know, I'm going to take care of my sister. I'm not going to let anything happen to my sister. And I just, I love the looks they give each other and the way this whole communication takes place and this trust that they've now built where they both know that the other one, they both know how much they each love Waverly and that they, you know, they trust each other to like, do everything in their power to make sure Waverly's okay. And that's really a huge deal for Winona to be like, you know, at any point in time, like I trust you to get Waverly. Well, and, and it's big because, I mean, we certainly will talk about the fun of some of the, the why not stuff, the, the episode sevens and, and so forth, but you're right. The exchanges in this episode and specifically that one in the same way is like, this is foundational to the two of them totally getting each other mm -hmm. and being much more comfortable realizing how much the other, uh, cares for and will protect Waverly. So right. this, and, yeah, this is beautiful stuff when you hear it now. And how many times are we going to see it going forward? Just, uh, you know, too many times to count where it's going to be like tag team. This time I'm going to get Waverly. This time you're going to, you know, get Waverly. It's like always like Waverly, just sit still and stop finding yourself in trouble. Okay. Just, we could save everyone a lot of time. 
<laughs> yeah, right, right down to the time when we get Nicole saying it's her turn, right? Yeah. Why did you have to go? You know what? You're playing <laughs> illegally today. I am trying to get you're, some things out there. To, you're I'm trying to get me emotional to take the heat off of your emotions for Lee. I see what I you're have, doing. Sh- sh- it's breaking up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pick it back up. <laughs> um, and Nicole's like, listen, I need you to find somebody else. I need you to find someone named Tucker. And Nicole's like, that guy? I've been tracking his phone for weeks. And again, um, we see this side of Nicole that's willing to break some rules. Oh, yeah. I love it. And she's like, isn't that illegal? And Dahl says, very, very <laughs> illegal. And then she says, in my defense, he's the worst. Don't judge me. It's one of my favorite why not lines where she says, I will judge you, judge you unexpectedly awesome. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> like I said, this episode is big for the two of them. It's so big. It's like it she is. sees like, I like the way you play. Like she's always mm-hmm. called her. Uh, what did she call her in the last episode? Um, Queen brisk of bossy pants or whatever, or something <laughs> like that. So it's like, you know, she's made fun of how by the book she is. And now that she sees like, okay, you're willing to go off book for my sister. Good. Um, She's like, yeah, he's the worst. I've been tracking him. And she's like, oh, fuck, if he isn't headed to the homestead, right? Like, oh, no, you don't, Tucker. And he pulls off. Wayne tells Dolls that she needs him to go with uh, Nicole. And he doesn't want to leave her, especially now. I think that she's pregnant. And Wayne says, you know, if something happened to Nicole, Waverly would just die. And I just got her back. And again, like those words kill me. Oh, gosh, yes. And yeah, just the way yeah. that. And dolls like, needed to hear something like that to actually leave her. So it was. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. no. Like, there's this kiss, right? This, like, didn't see this coming. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's quite the kiss, too. It's like he's he's sort of speechless and he's just saying how amazing she is. And then um, he just kind of covers up his real feelings by saying amazing agent. But it's it's like all very tender. But then again, after the kiss, we see him kind of like put those walls back up, I think. And it's back to business because up until that point, he, you know, wasn't referring to her as like an agent. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot, especially with the exchange they're going to have later with, you know, hypnos. So mm-hmm. and yeah. enjoy it while it's I know. touching at this point. It's like, where's this hop? Where's this going to go? Right. How's this? Yeah. How's this going to be two dads? Like, how's this situation going to work? <laughs> Ed Shorty's the trio's frozen, but somehow Jeremy breaks through and tries to get Doc's gun, but he trips over a can of beaver buzz, <laughs> making all kinds of noise. Poor Jeremy. <laughs> I know. And he gets paralyzed again. At the homestead, Tucker's in Waverly's room, and it's kind of scary for like a split second because we like think he has Waverly, but it turns out... He's very creepy and he's making Poppy brush her hair the way he thinks Waverly would. And he wants her to get into character. I know. It's like every serial killer you've ever seen on TV. He just Um, keeps going further down the ladder. I know. Creep. And he wants her to put on the Blue Devils cheerleading uniform. I mean, they just make, they do such a good job of making him just revolting, (laughs) this character. Even more revolting is the key. That's the thing they're doing. We already know he's revolting. And now yeah. he's just even more. <laughs> yeah, just more creepy icing on the cake. 
Nicole and dolls get there and they hear a scream coming from upstairs and she's like, oh, no, he is not in her room, like not the sanctuary that is Waverly's room. And she's very, just very fiercely protective, runs upstairs. Tucker grabs Poppy, uses her as a human shield. Nicole's very like, wow, in this scene, she's all business like stop her it's all over she's got her gun drawn on him uh poppy then hits him in the leg with the hairbrush distracting him and uh that's the opportunity that nicole needs to shoot him in the shoulder and uh but then he jumps out the window and like what what do you do like how he's so crazy he's shot and then he just jumps out a window to escape like you said though the way that she took control of the situation. I mean, just loved watching her mm-hmm. and, and using an opportunity like that when, when, like you said, Poppy used the hairbrush line of fire and make a decision to, to shoot first and basically yeah. figure it out later. And I watched this scene a couple of times because it's like, you see Poppy kind of look at the brush and she kind of looks at Nicole and Nicole kind of looks at her. And I'm like, are they doing like an unspoken thing here? Or is mm. this, this Nicole mm-hmm. just like really reading the situation? So that was, yeah, it was a really good example of just like how well-trained she is and how great of an uh, officer she is. Um, but before he jumps out the window, he says, I did something else. They'll kill me for it. And we find out what that is later. But he's got some layers, that creepy Tucker. At Shorty's, Wynonna gets uh, gets to the gang and scares the widows by by shooting one of them. And she walks up to Doc and they're like playful with each other about Wynonna having her turn at saving him. And then she says that she has something to tell him, but she doesn't say anything. She just shows him her belly. And Doc is just silent, but the look on his face just says everything. Like this scene. Wow. I mean, we talk about Mel's face all the time, but Tim's face in this scene and like he's got the- so much to process. Yeah. He is just dumbstruck is a word you'll hear. Yeah. And kind of like, yeah, just like not able to totally process it. And then he's got tears in his eyes and the music that's playing. It's just like, ugh. but then he just, he docks it up by saying he believes people will be waking up and they'll be thirsty and but the way they look at each other before he goes i'm just like oh god (laughs) it's one of those scenes that just gets you it is but you forgot something yeah why did i forget when when winona comes in and and she's trying to make sure everybody's okay including waverly oh a baby girl i've got a baby girl in there right (laughs) i knew you'd have it (laughs) (laughs) yeah because first she goes to waverly make no bones about it (laughs) yep is you okay baby girl then she goes to nope. the doc. Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from the doc stuff. Sorry, folks. But no, I absolutely. Yeah, to make just, sure that was in it. You can't let that go. That's, <laughs> I rely on you to point out the baby girls. At the clock mansion, Wynonna says how, you know, no one seems to have noticed that they lost a whole month. So again, we have a time frame of, you know, exactly how many weeks it is. It's a month. And Hypnos tells her to check her phone and, um, She's like the only one who lost a month. Like the time, like the time is current. And she's like, uh, Kibnos is like, your child should have stayed the way it is. Um, and she's like, so you're saying I'm the only one who got screwed. And he's like, well, that much is obvious. 
So even Hypnos is a funny guy. <laughs> uh, and I like how she winks at him, like giving him credit for like a good, like she's like, kudos, like that was a good one. Mm-hmm. She'll even give the bad guy credit for a good one liner. And he says that it looks like even her offspring refuses to follow the rules just like her. Shocker. Yeah. So like this is, I mean, we still never really found out how that worked, right? How that was able to happen. We don't need to. It's fine. Oh, anyhow, don't need to go there. <laughs> then out of nowhere, Dolls shoots the guy and Winona's like, what are you doing? Because, you know, he's talking about how he was blackmailed and Dolls says, you know, he's too powerful. You can't let him go. Um, you need to do your job. And this is when Winona then shoots him. But she's she's upset with him because like his whole tone has changed again and she's like you don't need to be like this and then he says like what the boss or what am, what else am i supposed to be um erp so he's back to calling her erp referring to himself as the boss and that's a big switch from just where they were a few scenes earlier i yeah. mean i got i got to think that after they separated when she asked him to go make sure nicole was okay he was doing um, some thinking on the way. Yeah, there. that ride out and back has got to be him thinking. All right, that's Doc's baby. I don't have the chance I thought I did, you know, 12 hours ago, whatever it was. And the only way that he likes to do any of these things is the clean break emotionally of just going right back to, we got a job to do, let's do it. Because yeah, he was a total a-hole. And that's mm-hmm. Yeah, he was right back to like he was in like the first Early episodes. season one, yeah. yes. At the sheriff's office, um, Waverly says, you know, that that Poppy left and they didn't stop her. Wynonna says, you know, it's fine. She wasn't the enemy. She's kind of like an innocent victim in this story. And then Doc and Dolls both come in kind of hot, but Wynonna takes off. Like she just doesn't want to deal with these two right now. And they're kind of yelling for her. And Waverly stops them. And Dolls is like, you know, we're going to have to talk about this eventually and like to put strategies in place. And Waverly says, but not right now. Until then, she needs, uh, she gets all the time and space that she needs. And Doc seems more calm about this whole thing and more reasonable. And he just asks if Waverly could give her something when she's ready. And then Jeremy, Jeremy's like the comedy relief in this episode. Uh, he walks in, he's like, What's the down low? And Waverly says, uh, You know, Winona's pregnant. And he's like, Oh, yeah, was that a secret? So curious how he knew. Well, it's the, isn't it uh, for me? I've certainly at this point after multiple watches is again, that Jeremy intuition that he's often had. And we, we see him have in different situations without it being explained fully, whether or not it's part of his um, crotch situation or whatever. But yeah, there are times where he's going to sense, see, or understand something quicker than the rest of them. Mm -hmm. It's like this big empath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. At the Gardner Mansion, Mercedes, uh, we see that she's been nicked in the shoulder by Peacemaker. And she says that the Earp girl knows too much and will be coming for them. And then there's a ring at the doorbell. And it's instead of like when kids like leave a flaming thing of dog poop on your doorstep, Tucker has just left Constance's head with a note that says, let's play a new game. Yeah. Wow, this family. Not only has... a creep, but he's even stupider than he looks because he's yeah. going to mess with the two of them. 
this family needs some therapy. The dynamics <laughs> are really messed up. <laughs> this is not your basic sibling issues. Yeah, we got a lot of we got a long way to go. It's beyond right. Ah, and then then we have the scene that like I okay, had episode's to text over. you have about. A good night. We gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Just like like you know it's coming. Like you know this scene is even before you even knew what the scene was going to be. Your first time through, you know the scene is going to be a wreck right like you've got the music the lighting Winona sitting on the floor in front of the hutch couch thing and you're just like oh my god here we go here we go it's this is going to be a, a moment right and she's like don't laugh it's the only position I'm comfortable in and Waverly asks if she's okay and Winona says she's furious and Waverly is just trying to soothe her and saying, like, you know, these things happen. Um, Winona says, not to me. Am I a screw up? Yeah. I've also been on two types of birth control since I was 13 years old. But the universe doesn't give a damn. It's never given me a choice. Not whether I wanted to be the heir or a mother. And Waverly says, I know you're overwhelmed, but not everything is because you're an ERP. And she says, yes, it is. It always comes back to the curse. And she's just Melanie, right? She's crying. She's in tears. And she says she can't do this. She calls the baby a poor asshole. Um, and Waverly says, I'm not saying it's going to be okay. I'm just saying I'm here, which is another one of the iconic, iconic lines. And just the way this scene is, is... It's poetry in motion. I mean, like you said, they're neither one of them have sisters in real life. And the way they fed off of each other in this scene was just magical. And then Waverly says, Doc wanted me to give you this. And she hands Winona one of the most iconic lines never spoken on the show. And it says, I'm all in. I watched that scene four times. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... Uh, what can you say? Any of you that are hearing my voice have seen it multiple times, most likely. And it, it's a scene where the emotional impact, at least for me, just gets more and more with each watch, more appreciation, the, the acting, mm -hmm. the, the writing to put them in this situation, the way that it fits the story of what's actually happening, allowing all of us to very much understand and appreciate where they're both coming from. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's, it's rare that, that Winona well, breaks like she is here um, and, and understandable. Um, but the way that Waverly is there to support her and as comes through in the, you know, the, the behind the scenes video, which is just about as emotional as the episode here at the end, um, with, you know, Dom saying, there's very little acting there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just being there for a friend. Um, and the beauty of that, um, uh, we've, we've spent over an hour laughing about the amazing lines and the humor and the characters and everything. And then to have this um, is, is, again, the brilliance of this show and this writing team to, to be able to balance the humor mm -hmm. with just the raw raw emotion of caring and, and whew, I, you know, I, I don't, it's, 
seeing it just like you said, knowing it's coming now. Okay. Um, as we said, there's several other excellent herb sister exchanges. So this is a big hope air quotes herb sister episode for this, but yeah, I mean, once we start getting near that end, um, I know it's coming on one hand, I just love it. On the other hand, it just breaks me. Right. And it, and it keeps doing that. It's not like it's something to watch once and then go, okay, I know it's coming. It'll get easier. No. It's like it's like a roller coaster you've ridden over and over again. You know, like the big drop is coming, but it's it doesn't calm you still at all. You. you know, it's still going to hit you right in the stomach yeah. each time. And yeah. yeah, it's just all the things that you think because these characters are so believable. You you feel it. You go on that <clears throat> emotional journey with them. Like you're right there, just like in their shoes, thinking like what what would I do? Like, it's not just like an unexpected pregnancy that, you know, can obviously be upsetting to somebody, but it's just all these other factors for her. That's the curse. How can she fight for her family's safety while pregnant? How can she keep a child safe in purgatory, knowing she still has all these remnants to go after it's born? Like they didn't have the best parental role models, growing up. So I'm sure that has to weigh on her. Like, do I even know how to be a parent when all I've seen is, you know, messed up parents? Um, and it's purgatory for Christ's sake. Like how, <laughs> how do you bring a child into purgatory? Like, where do you find childcare and not think, you know, it's revenants are probably running the childcare in this town, Kevin. Could very well be. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't know about you. And I, I, I'm guessing maybe some of the listeners, not that it's all that important. It's just more an observation to keep me from crying, but knowing the scenes, and it's not working. Knowing the scenes coming. And when we first get that shot of her sitting on the ground and the bottle rolls away mm -hmm. from her and Waverly stops it with her foot. Mm -hmm. that, that's when I lost it this time because I knew <laughs> every single word that was coming and how much it was going to hit. I mean, that, that's what you got when you got a show like this, that means as much as it does. Mm -hmm. It just takes a little trigger um, of, of what's about to come and how real it is. So it's, it's so special because there's so few shows that can accomplish this. Mm -hmm. Sure. There's shows that can touch you emotionally, but can they have you laughing like this one does 10 minutes earlier? And then at this point here, right in the same episode, Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, that, that's a step back and just appreciate how blessed we are to get to experience that. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, so many emotions. I mean, it's, and, and the, and then the all in, right? Like nobody even speaks it. It's oh, just goodness. on the ground and we see it. We know it's Tim's handwriting. We know it's, you know, the, it's, oh, we understand. It's the anthem for you know everything going forward. I'm all in. It's just everything. Like, of course, it's something dolls or Doc would say because it, you know it's a poker term, but it's so much more than that. And what it's what it's become to mean for for the fandom and the show. It's like, yep, I'm all in. I'm all in. And, and it, it's a small thing, but it's not a small thing. Appreciating because knowing how they built. The way Doc speaks, being from you know 150 plus years ago, folks not using contractions, 
It's not I'm. Right. It's I am all in. Right. And seeing just seeing those four words like that, and now knowing what it means to so many people, people having had it done as a tattoo, you know, asking someone from the show, certainly Tim and others, to sign it on an autograph for us as the fans. Certainly, once the fight point owner started, absolutely. So to come back <laughs> to it now, <laughs> yeah. years later, and still have it have the same impact. Damn. It's not even spoken. It's just on a piece of paper. <laughs> I mean, not this, like, we'll go on to hear them say it over and over again. I, I know, I know, I know. And it's just, oh, wow. I know. It's just, it's gold. And, you know, it wasn't a cliffhanger, so that was nice. But you just, I don't know. I might have wanted, wanted a cliffhanger. <laughs> stabbed in the heart, and then it's over. <laughs> Yeah, here, take this and yeah, we'll see you in a week. <laughs> yeah. But oh. yeah, I watched it four times and I'm like, how? Like, you know, it's the funniest, the, the show, like the funny things remain funny to me. I find things that I didn't find funny before with each, you know, episode, but the, the ones that I found funny the first time, I'm still laughing. It's like a joke that never gets old, right? I'm still laughing each time I hear it again. Same thing with the emotional scenes where they still, you know, suck me in the throat just as much as they did the other times. And I, I agree with you. I think this time it, it got me even more because we see the whole, the whole picture now, right? And where they're going to go and what this is going to mean the the lengths that they're going to do for the go through for their family what they're going to do to protect and make sure alice is safe like the choice that she makes uh, it's just it's a lot yeah right down to hearing it said out loud or near the very end of 412 too so mm-hmm. you know the whole the whole loop coming yeah. back there and and Again, a thank you to all of the listeners and the ERPers, because I mean, when, when I have fun, when I rewatch the episodes to prep for these podcasts, I always put it out on Twitter. And it's always fun when some folks will reply, you know, if they've recently watched the same episode or talk about something they enjoyed in it. And certainly sharing that got several people to, to ask about favorite lines from the app or the emotional aspect. And just to see that great exchange on Twitter, um, you know, and to, and to be able to, you know, you and I have fun with each other because we were watching it around the same time and, you know, had the impact of the scene. I mean, that shared group experience, that's what's taking all of this to another level, you know, yeah. for all of us to be there and to be able to feel it and to, for each of us to understand what the other, even if we don't know them beyond a Twitter handle, right. is going through to, to be able to feel that from hundreds or thousands of miles away. That that is a surreal and and special thing to see, and, and you know I never want to lose sight of just how lucky I am to be a part of that. Yeah, this this show is that that common thread that has us all together. In this episode too, I think it really shows who all these characters are by the way they react to Winona's pregnancy. Each and, of them gets a chance to, yeah, in their own way. It's really you know, that's it's, a great way of setting it up and the writing of it to 
it's not like it was revealed with three or four people to all overlap what's going on. Each of them got it. And, and we got to see their reaction to it. And they were very much in line with who their character was too. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the behind the scenes for this one, I like, I don't oh, even have goodness. ways. Seven to... minutes that just, oh. <laughs> I can't adequately talk about this one because just you have to watch it if you have it available to you. It's just, it's very emotional. It's, it's really special hearing the cast and the crew talk about Mel and, how they supported her and it just it's just really heartwarming and it fills you with a sense of like how much goodness there is in the world just hearing how happy they were and the way they all found out in real life and what it meant for them in the show and it's a lot (laughs) yeah and it's a great it's a great thing that again just shows us more of the people not the characters, people, Tim, you know, um, Dom, Emily, Shamir, talking about what it meant mm-hmm. to, to them as individuals and all. And yeah, it's just, and again, the great conversations that come out is realizing that uh, months, crew members, a large crew, knew and, and this didn't get leaked. This didn't end up on some enter- entertainment website. Or some fans running it through Twitter and, and spoiling it. It didn't get out there. People cared about the show and about what they were doing, and they cared about Mel. You know, hundred plus crew members and all, um, and getting to be blessed to have seen that on set ourselves too, Bonnie, Bridget, and I, and having to keep it too, and seeing that crew and those people, that family, just intertwined so perfectly with what the show is, and certainly you know, what an episode like this is like, and you totally get it. You just, I am all in for doing what it takes. Yep. The, um, the postmortem again is, is a great one for this episode. Uh, you know, talking about doc's notes, talking about, um, the pregnancy, talking about, uh, why not and how their relationship is building. I like how, um, Bridget asks about, um, you know, the journey. And at the end of one of her answers to a previous question, uh, Emily says, Winona has an unlikely ally as she goes on the journey to figure out uh, more stuff. And that person is Nicole. Bridget follows up saying, oh, that's exciting because they had some really great scenes in this episode. I know people were huge fans of their scene in season one as well. Was that particularly why you wanted to be sure and build the relationship this season? And Emily says, it's funny. And I've been kind of chuckling to myself because I see people asking for more Winona and Nicole. And that's always something I really loved. These two women that are very different, but quite respectful of each other. I just really think that relationship is, is extremely interesting. I love the scene in the first season where they're drinking together, but the thing that has changed between them since is that Nicole is now dating Waverly. So it also makes sense to me that Winona is instantly protective of her younger sister, sister and the person that could break her heart. So I just, I love the way she talks about them and how she teases uh, what's coming ahead because we all know you know, what great episode is, is coming ahead with them and what a, what a fun relationship. That yeah. Turned out Cause to we're be. still, yeah. First time through, it's still not there yet. 
Yeah. So it's wonderful to see her knowing what's going to be developed. And teasing about it that that's going to come. And she also has a great tease. And I don't have it in front of me um, where she, I don't know if she's, I don't know. I think she is teasing it, but she talks about like um, secrets and like, oh, it's so great that um, Way Hot doesn't keep secrets from each other. And I'm like, Oh yeah, uh huh. <laughs> right, that's coming <laughs> to be <laughs> developed. <laughs> yeah, it's just like so many teases in this one where you're like, mm, okay. And she's also got a brilliant tease at the very end, talking about the Herb Sisters and Mel's performance, naturally here, and, and Dom's as well, um, where she says, "Quote: There's a moment coming up that I consider the ultimate Herb Sister moment." But that's all I'm going to say about that. And certainly this big Herb Sister fan members reading that before we moved on to the next episode that has, as I coined it, the 16 words to break us all scene. So we shall see that very soon. <laughs> so next episode, you're going to die. You're going to pass out. <laughs> We're going to have a scene or two where it's going to be a challenge. Guaranteed. <laughs> we say that every week. There's always something. <laughs> Just about, huh? Even Especially some weeks. Season two. Yeah, even some weeks I'm like, I didn't really, there wasn't a lot in this one. And then as I start talking, I'm like, except for this and this and this and this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, this. and that. Don't forget this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but feel free to play along at home with us. We love uh, hearing from you, as Kevin mentioned just a bit ago. You can always find us online at herbologypodcast.com and leaving us a voicemail there by clicking on the microphone on the bottom right hand of the page. You can email us directly from the website, or you can email us at herbologypodcast at gmail.com. And you can always find us uh, on Twitter at herbology underscore pod. We love hearing from you. Yeah, it's wonderful, folks, really. uh, Any of those methods or just comment on Twitter about listening to the podcast or the watch along tweets and such. It's wonderful stuff. Absolutely love it. Please keep it coming. You know, somebody asked today what our favorite line was, and I thought I had it. And then two seconds later, I was like, I have to amend already because I also forgot about this one. And then I forgot about this. What about that one? And I yes. know. <laughs> it's just like picking a favorite episode, right? Just yeah. Can't do it. Question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you'll find us here next time. Take care, all. Bye.